Auto Podcast. Tony Sincata here talking a little daily fantasy baseball and trying to get over the heartache and the depression of a Thursday, which saw us go and jump on 80% Chris Sale and not looking good at all. We got with us tonight one of the creators of DailyRoto.com, Mike Leone. Mike, how was your Thursday? Hey, Tony, I got pretty lucky. I, I was busy, caught up with some things, and Drew was on content tonight, so I didn't end up playing. It looked like it was not a good day for cash games if you want to chalk her out with Chris Sale, who I, I thought was clearly the number one pitcher on the night. Not only did I think he was a clearly number one, I, I did fade him in a couple games, and I went with uh, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays starter, uh, Derek Norris. That didn't work out either. Hey, you got more points out of Norris for a lot less money. <laughs> and somehow I loaded up on Blue Jays and had the wrong ones. But uh, you know what the beauty of daily fantasy baseball is? There's always another day. Unlike your season-long leagues, you get a couple injuries, and then you have to sit through it for six months of agony. Here we just turn around and we get right back on the horse tomorrow. Yeah, that's the beauty of DFS and uh, thankfully for me, I saved some money tonight by not playing, and uh, I'll use that tomorrow night to uh, w- win some. <laughs> win some, and we'll get all prepared for that. Of course, we got a full slate of games on a Friday night, and we start things out in the afternoon just in case uh, somehow you have to have that one game at 2.20. I think most people will avoid it, but uh, Chicago Cubs, Milwaukee Brewers, John Lester, Willie Peralta, Lester's got a shot at one of the worst offenses in baseball uh, in this one. We know he can't throw over the first base, but I actually watched him practice throwing the first base in the bullpen. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, always take your speedsters versus Lester. I think people sometimes against left-handed pitching have a tendency to just assume that they're good at holding on runners, and that's definitely not the case with Lester. So if you get get some speed guys, Drew always tells me if Billy Hamilton plays Lester, get him in there. They had a matchup earlier this year, and I think he stole two or three bases off of him. Let me ask you a question. You get aggravated this early in the season when we have these, like, two games during the day, and then they're in there on their own slate, and then you get a couple of rainouts and you end up with three games at night. Doesn't it, doesn't it uh, become a little bothersome to you? As a content provider, it's really annoying because as a player, I think you just, ignore these games obviously sometimes we get a a decent slate where there's like six early games seven late games and then it's okay it's kind of player i just like to avoid those slates um i guess you could throw a team in a tournament but there's so much variance and so few guys to pick from but we still have to cover it uh, from a from a content perspective because people like to play those games and it, it is frustrating to have them so spread out like that. I would rather just have all night games. Like tomorrow, I, I won't touch an all-day game just to get in players from 1 to 2 o'clock game. I don't think it makes sense. I won 39 bucks today on the two-game slate in the afternoon. <laughs> it's better than the night slate, right? <laughs> oh, a lot better. I should have had the same, <laughs> the same uh, approach in the uh Night, uh, interesting because I, I like you. I, I, there's only a couple games, so I played a twenty dollar, five dollar, fifty fifty, and a head to head. And then in the night, they get in these tournaments, some head to heads, some fifty fifties, and it got ugly. Tampa and Baltimore. Alex Comey getting the start. 
Uh, he's a 115 favorite over Chris Tillman. Eight total in this one. Uh, Tillman's feast of famine, a fly ball pitcher in a good ballpark for offense, but they're flipping this around and going to play it in Tampa instead of Baltimore uh, for all you people out there uh, that, you know, get the second team listed there. I remember because of the incidents, they're going to play this in Tampa. Uh, this is a game that is going to be weird because I don't know who's going to be in the crowd again. We've already seen that, and it didn't like – to me, it didn't affect the game at all having no crowd the other day. Yeah, I, I mean, as a player, I guess you just have to go out there and, and do what you normally would, and it, it's probably hard as fans for us to know whether or not it really affected the game. Who knows, maybe Samarja wasn't as sharp as he would have been because he just wasn't used to it. It was a weird environment. But, yeah, definitely – Keep in mind that this game is in Tampa and not Baltimore. That's a big switch in hitting environment. Baltimore is a great hitter's park, whereas Tampa is one of the better pitcher's parks in the league despite being a dome. Yeah, and you look at it, um, Colin May is a guy that's going to get a start in this one, a guy that generally uh, comes out of the bullpen. What do you do in this type of situation? Do you feel like uh, you could take a shot at a guy that could tire the second time around the order? Yeah, so he started two games in the minors in AAA getting ready uh, to be called up for this start. Uh, He's going to be a part of their rotation. He's actually not that bad. I wouldn't go overboard picking on him. Uh, He's got about an average K rate or average walk rate. He's just an average starting pitcher. I I don't really know a better way to put it. Steamer projections have him for a 4.05 ERA, giving up about a home run per nine. So you, you might want to take a stab with some left-handed bats or, or in a tournament you could stack against him in hopes that he's not ready. There's not a lot of major league experience here, only six MLB starts. But uh, he's not someone I'm actively targeting. We've got a lot of bad pitchers on the day. I'd almost rather target Chris Tillman, who's been really brutal to start the year. He's walking almost as many guys as he struck out. He's allowing a lot more aerial contact this year, and I think that's because he's getting behind on hitters. His first strike percentage is pretty low. And him and Miguel Gonzalez, both for the Orioles, are two right-handed starters that seem to struggle with same-handed batters. So I don't mind Evan Longoria at a a pretty decent price at third base. And then, of course, the epic matchup of the night. Max Scherzer shaking off the thumb injury. He gets the start against Matt Harvey. Nationals-Mets, we got a one a 15 favorite in Matt Harvey, a game total of six in this one. So what do you do when you find two elite pitches like this? Go at it. Uh, in two-pitcher leagues, it's going to be hard to afford both the guys and fill out an offensive lineup. Uh, 115 favorite, so it's hard to pick a winner here. How do you handle this situation? Yeah, it's really tough. And in our pitcher model for tomorrow, both guys rank pretty much neck and neck. And what I'm going to do here is there's a series of tiebreakers I kind of look at, and they all point towards Harvey. And one is he's he's the home pitcher. If, if all else fails, I'll side with the home pitcher if it's truly that close. Two, Scherzer is dealing with that thumb injury. He got pushed back. There's just a touch of uncertainty there. If it was just Scherzer by himself, I probably wouldn't use that as a reason to avoid him. But with them being so close, I'll take the guy who's not dealing with that issue. And three, Harvey is the slightly better favorite according to Vegas. So I think these guys are very similar pitchers. Both project to have around the same amount of strikeouts uh, according to our model, but the tiebreakers are are leaning 
slightly in Harvey's favor, and he's a touch cheaper than Scherzer. So he he's the guy that I'm going to pick out of this game. Who do you got? Uh, you know, it's interesting. It, I think the whole injury thing's got me a little concerned. But I look at this Washington offense. Now they've got everybody back except Anthony Rendon. And I think it's a much tougher matchup for Matt Harvey than Max Scherzer. I believe the Mets' offense has been overrated. I mean, you look at an offense without David Wright that's been carried by Juan Lagares to start the season. Of course, Lucas Duda's there. Um, this is a game where I don't feel like you could go wrong with either one, but I just believe the Nationals are a far superior team than the Mets, and I don't believe the Mets start us for real. Yeah, I don't think the Mets are for real either, but I also don't think they're going to strike out a ton as a team, and like you said, it's hard to go wrong here. I'm afraid to say that after after tonight's starting pitcher. <laughs> With, with both DeGrom and Sale having troubles and even Strasburg struggling a bit. But uh, this will be an interesting one, Tony. I, if we did a little who you got and keep track of it, I, I've got Harvey, and it sounds like you've got Scherzer due to the yeah. lineup. Yeah, guys, you're listening to the Daily Roto Podcast with Mike Leone, Tony Cicada, part of the Fantasy Sports Network. You can hear the show every Monday through Friday at 12.30 Eastern on FantasySportsNetwork.com. Catch us on Cablevision, Roku. You can get it on the Xbox. And if you don't get it on cable, you got to call and complain to the cable company. Or you just tell them you're going to move. Move to Canada. That's what you should do. You should just leave the country and get free health care just so you can watch this podcast. That would be great. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we'll talk Max Scherzer to Tom Kohler. Stay tuned for more Daily Roto. Welcome back to the Daily Road Podcast. Tony Sincata, Mike Leone, talking about Friday, May 1st, the slate in Major League Baseball. And I mentioned uh, Tom Cola and Jerome Williams, certainly not Max Scherzer, Matt Harvey. Now, this is an attractive matchup on the Jerome Williams side because he's a fly ball pitcher against the Marlins, but this is a huge ballpark. Tom Cola is a 165 favorite. I bet he hasn't said that too many times in his career. No, not at all. And you really do want to pick on Jerome Williams. Uh, he's someone we've targeted last year in DFS a lot. And coming into this year, I think I would put even more emphasis on it. His velocity is down a couple miles per hour for a guy that doesn't really throw that hard to begin with. He's given up a ton of line drives early on, and those are coming at the expense of ground balls, not fly balls. So that's always a warning sign. I'm looking at D. Gordon here. He's still only like 3,500 on FanDuel for his speed upside uh, against an opposing pitcher that's not very good where he has a platoon edge. I'm really eyeing that up on FanDuel. you got to stop disrespecting D. Gordon. You give the same response everybody does. His speed edge. Do you know he actually leads Major League Baseball in hits? Yeah, because he never walks. So he puts the ball in place so much. <laughs> he, racks up, he racks up a bunch of little dinky singles. But <laughs> Give him love, man. Give him love. They all count. Uh, he only gets love from me because he can steal bases. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Carrasco, Mock Burley going at it in Cleveland, eight total. Uh, you look at this one. Carrasco, of course, got, took the line drive uh, off the head two two starts ago. This will be the second start back. He did not look like the same pitcher in the last dot when I believe five and two thirds innings. You look at that. How do you tell when you do daily fantasy and how this can affect a pitcher like Carrasco? Well, what I'm looking at more is overall peripheral, peripherals, not necessarily just the results. I know it was disappointing last time out 
but he faced a really good Tigers team, and he kind of got stabbed to death in that one. He was actually awesome in his first start back from after the line drive issue. He really yeah. dominated. And overall, I mean, he's got a 1.60 XFIP. He's striking out 13.21 guys per nine. I, it's very small sample size. We don't want to go overboard with it, but there's enough here that makes me think last year wasn't a fluke. His swinging strike rate, 13.4%. So he's missing bat. The K rate isn't completely out of whack. Uh, he's keeping the ball on the ground. There's just very few guys that have the combination of Carrasco's strikeouts, walks, and ground balls. And those are the three things that a pitcher controls the most that I think he's worth rolling, rolling out there on DraftKings as a second starting pitcher, even in a tough matchup. And then you got to ask yourself, for cheap flyers, do we play Ryan Rayburn and Mike Aviles against Mark Burley? I think so. Burley's uh, swinging strike rate's real real low. He's got a high line drive rate. This is a guy who never missed many bats to begin with, but his K rate tailed off. Last year, it's tailing off again. This year, he, he's a guy you want to pick on with right-handed batters. Carlos Santana has catcher eligibility on DraftKings, which makes him extra valuable. And on FanDuel, the price at 3400 is very appealing. I don't mind sticking in a couple of right-handed bats from Cleveland. Even Mike Avila, if you just want to straight punt the shortstop position, he's the bare minimum of FanDuel and pretty cheap on DraftKings. Then you have another guy that could be in line on two-pitcher sites to be a number two pitcher. Scotty Kazmir goes to Texas. Colby Lewis, 140 favorite, eight and a half total in this one. Texas has been struggling a little offensively to start the year, and Kazmir, consistent strikeout performing. Yeah, Kazmir has been awesome to begin the year. His velo is up a little bit. We're seeing the strikeout rate closer to what it was two years ago. In general, he just looks really sharp. And in the beginning of the year, I, I like to pay close attention to how sharp a guy is, how, how strong are his peripherals. Even though it's a small sample size, I think that prevents us from making mistakes and taking a guy who something may have changed from last year. Maybe he's not healthy. Health is just so important with pitchers and, and eyeing little things like swinging strike rate, um, line drive rate, help us maybe catch those guys before it's too late, before we, we repeat mistakes. And with Cashmere, everything looks really good right now. And this Rangers team is pretty bad against left-handed pitching. They've got some left-handed bats, but they can't, they just have to play even against left-handed pitching. Uh, we saw Jay half dominate them in Texas, and, and certainly Scott Cashmere offers a, a much stronger skill set than half. Mike, uh, are you fluent in French? No, I am not. I don't what know. We, is... oui, that's all I know. We. Oui. Yeah. So, how do you handle it if you go to a French restaurant and you read the menu? Uh, do you just uh, pretend and fight your way through it, or do you get help? I, I, I would get help. You would? You wouldn't just take a shot and point at something and say, yeah, I'll have this? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It depends how much wine I had. <laughs> I love that when you go, I'll have this, and you just wait to see that thing come out, and you hope to God, in my case, that it's like still not moving. <laughs> I hate onions, so oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't miss, miss the French word for like raw onion, and I'd get a a dish with a bunch of chopped raw onions. That would be kind of a nightmare. 
The Seattle Mariners, Houston Astros go at it. I have no total in this one, but it should be relatively high. Aronis Elias and Samuel Deduno will be getting our left-handed bats out with Robinson Cano in this one. And I'm sure Nelson Cruz doesn't come off the table with Deduno getting the start here. Yeah, even though Deduno's right-handed, he's had some issues with same-handed batters over his career. I think he's actually given up uh, a lot more power to same-handed batters. Yeah, he's allowed a 349 weighted on base average since 2012 versus right-handed batters. It's actually the worst split of any of the pitchers in action for tomorrow night. A 23.3 line drive rate, 1.17 home runs per nine. So Nelson Cruz remains in the in the picture. And for the Astros, this is a team that has a huge upside in left-handed pitching. You've got guys like Chris Carter who can put one out. Uh, Jose Altuve, huge speed upside and just legitimately a good hitter against left-handed pitching. I think somewhere around a 390 weighted on base average, Drew had quoted it in today's article. And again, he performed tonight against a left-handed pitcher in, in James Paxton, who is who's certainly better than Rowan Aselius. Yeah, it was interesting. He started right from the beginning of the game and going at it there. Detroit and Kansas City, a nine total in this one. Kyle Lobstein and Chris Young. Uh, I've said it on the podcast prior, Kansas City remarkable, 13% strikeout rate. Uh, Kyle Lobstein, not a strikeout pitcher, so the Royals will put the ball in play. And then Chris Young, you talk about John Lester. Chris Young is an automatic stolen base. So do you dust off your Anthony Ghost tomorrow? Yeah, the the only problem with that is Young is such a fly ball oriented pitcher that I like to take power guys against him. I mean, you don't want a guy like Anthony Ghost putting the ball in the air. You want him keeping it on the ground, hitting a line drive. But if he gets on base, there's definitely speed upside there. Chris Young can be frustrating to pick on because he's really not good. He doesn't miss bats. He gives the fly balls, but he's such an extreme fly ball pitcher. He's maintained a better than average home run to fly ball rate over his career. So what day you get him. You get him the day he gets five or six balls hit out to the warning track that don't go over the fence, and you're wondering what the heck happened with the guys you took against him. On some other days, you could get two to three homers from the same lineup. You know, when you think about uh, different animals and insects, do you think the praying mantis is cool because he's holier than thou? Uh, Tony, I, it is always an adventure being on these shows with you. I, I, I never know where you're going to go with these questions, and I, I don't have much of uh, a feeling for the praying mantis one way or the other. I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to praying mantises. You, you didn't go to see, I mean, didn't you take science when you went to school? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I took science, but uh, I don't think we did much with the praying mantis. You were out on the praying mantis day? I must have been sick. I didn't like school very much, so I tried to stay home whenever I could. Now, were you one of those dudes that uh, you did you enjoy, or did you get sick when you dissected a frog? We never did. We did a virtual dissection at my school. I never got to ever do the live dissection. Wow, wow. I'm going to have you go over to the Philippines with Tim Tebow and see what it's like. I think I'm going to set that up. Chicago White Sox, Minnesota Twins go at it in eight total. Kyle Gibson and Jose Quintana. We saw the Twins put the spanking to a left-handed pitcher tonight. Trevor Plouffe's a guy that's always been successful versus left-handed pitching. Brian Dozier's another guy uh, that's been successful. Do you go back to the back with the Twins bats against lefties? 
I don't think so. This is more of a situation where I'm probably not going to pick on the Twins, but I don't think in cash games I'm going to pick on Quintana either. I'll probably avoid both the pitcher and the hitters from that one. On the other side, you, you can get some really cheap White Sox left-handed batters. We're going to have the platoon edge against Gibson, Eden, Melky Cabrera, Adam LaRoche, guys that may be necessary when you're paying up for a starting pitcher like Scherzer or Harvey on the day. Just to sidetrack a little bit, tonight's the NFL draft, and Mock Trestman's going to be the uh, Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator, of course, with the Chicago Bears. Last year, they threw a ball a ton. Does this elevate Joe Flacco's status, you think, for fantasy football quarterback? Or Justin Forsett, does he turn into a pass catcher like Matt Forte was last year, who uh, caught more balls than 98% of the wide receivers in the NFL? Yeah, I think the coordinator makes a huge impact. Uh, Obviously, he's the guy calling the plays, and and you can go back and look at the success past coordinators have had. I mean, not just Trestman, but generally speaking, uh, there's guys where the the tight end's always performing or something like that, and these, these players, these coordinators don't change. They have their tendencies, and that's how they're going to coach. So I think you're going to see Baltimore throw the ball a little bit more, and with Trestman's success with mediocre quarterbacks in the past, uh, you, you would certainly think Flacco would be more efficient this season. It's Tony Cicada, Mike Leone, DailyRoto.com. You get the podcast every Monday through Friday at DailyRoto.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we'll unearth some other animals and insects that Mike Leone might be a little short of knowledge on and pass that along. We are the Mr. Rogers of Daily Fantasy. Stay tuned for more Daily Roto. Welcome back to the Daily Roto Podcast. Mike Leone, Tony Sicata, DailyRoto.com. Mike, you look at this game, and this is one that I'm a little perplexed over. The Pittsburgh Pirates, St. Louis Coddles, Lance Lynn, A.J. Burnett, 7.5 total here. Burnett's a guy that can put up some decent numbers, but never goes all the way. He's a guy that I won't pick in season-long leagues because somehow he gets a a ton of strikeouts every year because he never misses a start, but he has a whip of 1.40 and puts guys on base. Uh, Yet, when I have a full slate of games, this one looks like one I probably just don't attack. Yeah, I don't think you attack it either side, similar to how I felt with the Twins and Quintana. I'm just probably going to avoid it. I was surprised how low the total was, which – Makes me wonder on Lance Lynn a little bit. He's got a favorable pitcher's park as a home park, and he'll face a Pirates team that doesn't have a ton of left-handed bats. You've got Polanco in there, Neil Walker, Pedro Alvarez. But whenever there's three or less left-handed bats, I I like to target Lynn because he's such a huge splits guy. He is absolutely dominant against right-handed batters, but he can't get left-handed batters out to save his life. We saw that in his last start against Milwaukee. Horrible lineup, but they threw out five or six left-handed batters and he struggled. Uh, So I think he's a really nice tournament option against the Pirates team that's going to roll out six right-handed batters. Then you get Arizona at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Ruby De La Rosa and Carlos Frias going at it in eight total. Don't know much about Frias. Uh, Arizona Bats going in a great pitcher's ballpark in, in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, a horrible transition from Arizona to L.A. Uh, what do we like here? Yeah, normally I'd pick on De La Rosa quite a bit, but he's been very strong to start the year. 
His control has been a little bit better. He's striking out more than a guy per inning, neutral ground ball guy. I wouldn't go overboard here in a neutral offensive environment. If anything, I'm looking at at Jock Peterson, who moved into that leadoff spot the last game they played. He's still got a a price tag, 4,100 on DraftKings, 3,600 on FanDuel, that allows his upside to to pay off. Power, speed guy, uh, he's someone to target in this one. And then talk about guys uh, out of control. Colorado, San Diego, Eddie Butler uh, is walking five per nine right now. And <laughs> we come back to haunt him. He goes against Ian Kennedy, who, you know, here's what happened with Kennedy is that he missed the, He went on the DL for 15 days, and he never threw until that game. He actually got on the mound, and that was the first time there. So I look at that as a game that I'm just going to put on the side, and I'm not even going to consider that one. And against this Rockies team out of Colorado, Petco Parks played better from an offensive standpoint than it has in the past. I don't know if a lot of that has to do with the offense there, but they did move in the fences as well there. Yeah, and I was frankly surprised this game had such a low total. Right now it's at seven with yeah. the money odds indicating that the under is being bet more than the over when you've got a pitcher like Eddie Butler who's not good. I know he's outside of cores, but as you mentioned, five walks per nine is really, really bad, and that's going to get you in trouble regardless of the environment. So another one of these games where I'm I'm not attacking a lot. I, I have a tough time using offenses on a full slate with such low expected run totals, but neither of these pitchers instill any confidence in me. I mean, you're not playing Eddie Butler in DFS. You're just not. The strikeouts aren't there. There's absolutely no upside playing Eddie Butler. And Ian Kennedy, I know you, you, you want to throw out that last start, but for me, I, I want to see something before I use him on a full slate in a cash game. I'm not going to take that risk without seeing something first. So you're not going to sit there and say, Max Scherzer pitching tonight, uh, we got Matt Hobby, and, yep, I'm going to go Ian Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that doesn't seem like a sound decision-making. C.J. Wilson takes on Chris Heston. Uh, seven total here. The Los Angeles Angels at San Francisco. The Giants order is anemic, but they don't strike out a ton. Wilson's one of those guys that's up and down. You never know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, and this is another game where I, I know that this is clearly a strong pitching environment, probably the best pitching environment in all of baseball is San Francisco. But this total is seven, pushing six and a half really, really hard. And and I was surprised by that given the two mediocre pitchers going in. Uh, Drew shared a cool link with me, uh, a site called BaseballSavant.com, where you can see how hard guys are getting hit, the average velocity coming off the bat. And C.J. Wilson right now is getting hit harder than any other pitcher in the league in terms of exit velocity. Um, the average exit velocity of hitters making contact on him is 96.93 miles per hour, which is really high. So even in a good pitching environment, if you're giving up hard hit contact, it's not going to matter. You're going to give up hits. You've got a pesky team that's not going to strike out a lot. An elite, elite splits guy in Buster Posey. So uh, I'll be avoiding C.J. Wilson, and I'll probably look to use Buster Posey on DraftKings where – they take into account the park factor, and he's actually only $4,000, which is a great tag for him uh, given the position scarcity at catcher and, and his elite splits. You listen to Mike Leone, co-creator at DailyRoto.com. Mike, what do we got going on over at DailyRoto.com this weekend? 
we got a lot going on. Daniel Dovish is going to do a write-up for the counter-move boxing slate. They're going to do boxing DFS with the big Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. You can look for that on Saturday. Uh, we had a guest piece go up tonight with some Kentucky Derby picks, if you're looking for those. And, of course, we'll have premium NBA con- or MLB content all weekend long. We've got it every day. So uh, head on over there, hit the forums. It's a big, big sports weekend with the NBA playoffs Saturday, the fight, the derby, two slates of baseball. So um, we've got it all going on. We've got you covered, whatever you need. You know, it's interesting. On Wednesdays, we have uh, Pat Mayo over on the site. Uh, basically, he has a video and he has some uh, articles pertaining to daily fantasy golf. And I've loved it. I haven't cashed in yet, but I enjoy playing. But I think this week uh, coming up, I have the advantage course no golf this weekend but next weekend is the players championship uh which is held right out here in jacksonville florida it's got that great hole in the middle of the water there that the ball falls off and everybody goes oh um i'm in position for the first time to go and hackle the guys that i don't have on my team and maybe bring some water and bring some snacks and <laughs> cookies to the guys on my team do you think i should take advantage of this yeah this is the insider info we need tony to, to take your order to the next level We've got Tony heckling golfers. You'll have to put out a list that will give only the subscribers over the golfers you're going to heckle versus the ones you want. You know what is the greatest thing? And this is a, a, a true story. So I had season tickets to Boston College when I was in my early 20s, and uh, we used to sit right pretty close to the field. And we decided that we would heckle the punter of the opposing team every week. And the Rutgers punter one week, and I don't even remember his name, I thought was going to come over and just absolutely kill us, and he should have. We, like, did all this research, and we knew all about his family, and we were just heckling the guy. This is a college kid just trying to, you know, earn his degree and move on to become a dentist, and we're heckling him. You know, you need to talk to Drew. He was a part of something called, I think it was like the Loudmouth Brigade when he was at Dartmouth. They were a group that was put together solely to heckle at baseball games. At baseball games. Baseball's a big heckling sport. It'll be interesting to see that. I am not making it up at all. He he (laughs) was like a legitimate group of hecklers. We're going to get to Dinkmeyer on next week to discuss his heckling expertise. It's the Daily Roto Podcast. Of course, you can hear it on the Fantasy Sports Network every Monday through Friday, 1230 Eastern. Of course, you can check it out at dailyroto.com. Make sure you get in over the contest at Countermove. Free contest. If you're going to watch the fight, what the heck? Get in it and play it. Mike, great, great stuff tonight. Looking forward to everything going on at dailyroto.com. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Uh, We're out of here, guys. Keep up the good work. We're out of here. We're going to go practice heckling, and maybe we're going to go to some ping-pong tournaments and heckle them. Stay tuned. On Monday, we'll be back knocking it out of the park.